0: Hello and welcome to episode number 16 of the Tisket Tasket podcast. I'm your host, Gina, and today we will be talking about the nursery rhyme, Jack Spratt. Before we get started, I have a few housekeeping things to go over. First of all, I think I'm finally over my spring cold. I feel like the last few episodes were not particularly my best just because I wasn't feeling well. On that note, I'm very big on health advocacy and health transparency. Those of you who do not know me personally, I struggle a lot with chronic pain and chronic illnesses. I talk a little bit about this underneath the biography on my blog. With that being said, some weeks I can't get out of bed, let alone research or record a podcast episodes. So if I'm feeling unwell enough that I have to miss a podcast episode, I have a few episodes backed up that are a little bit different than what you've been hearing. Those episodes actually cover notable people in the nursery rhyme world. Just a note, I'm not planning any specific week that this might pop up, but in the future, if you see an episode that has a title of, for example, A.H. Rosewig, that was probably because I was having an off week and just couldn't put my all into research. With that being said, I'd also like to advertise my blog yet again. It has a lot of very great material on it. I try to put a lot of effort in making sure that my references are nice and clean and easy to understand and easy to get to so that you can do further research. I also like to add images that I can't share on the podcast. A lot of these nursery rhymes have beautiful illustrations because a lot of people put their hearts in making whimsical paintings. I've talked a little bit about this in past episodes. So please, please, please make sure that you're checking out my blog. It is atiskittaskitpodcast.com. You can email me at info at atiskittaskitpodcast.com. If you have any questions or comments or would like me to cover anything that I haven't covered yet on the podcast. One more thing before I jump into this week's episode. I am trying to attend the American Folklore Society annual conference that's being held in Portland, Oregon, November 1st through the 4th. As I mentioned, I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Ohio. And so getting out there and staying is going to be a bit more expensive than I can maybe pull off at the moment. If you would like to help me get there and I'm hoping to speak at this conference, I. Uh, submitted a proposal. I'm still waiting to hear back. Please feel free to donate on my website to help my dreams come true. I am really excited about the conference. Uh, the topics seem really cool. I'm really interested in connecting with other people who share a passion. So please, again, check out my website at atiskittasketpodcast.com with a little bit more information about the conference and my financial goals to get there. Thank you for being patient. Let's go ahead and get started on today's episode. To start off with, we are talking about Jack Spratt, The Nursery Rhyme, and it has a Roud Folk Song Index number of 19,479. There are a number of different versions, and it was first published in Newberry's Mother Goose's Melody in around 1765. It was also published around the same time in Samuel Arnold's children's songbook, juvenile amusements in 1797. However, this nursery rhyme predates even these publications and originates from an English proverb from around the middle of the 17th century, and we'll talk about why that is in a moment. It also appeared in John Clark's collections of sayings in 1639 as the following, Jack will eat no fat, and Joel doth love no lean, yet betwixt them both, they lick the dishes clean. It was a proverb teaching that it is better to go foodless and hungry than to go into debt, and it was later popularized as a nursery rhyme. To reacquaint you with this nursery rhyme, or to introduce it if you've never heard it before, the version from Mother Goose's Melody is as follows. Jack Sprat could eat no fat, his wife could eat no lean, and so between them both, you see, they licked the platter clean. Again, there are a few other versions. This one is from 1639, John Clark's, Jack will eat no fat, and kill doth love no lean, yet betwixt them both they lick the dishes clean. The 1659 version from James Howell's collection of Proverbs reads, Archdeacon Pratt would eat no fat, his wife would eat no lean, twixt Archdeacon Pratt and Joanne his wife, the meat was eat up clean. Interestingly enough, I talked a little bit about nursery rhymes that about people. So Little Miss Muffet, for example, Little Jack Horner, there was an 1843 version that also involves Jack Spratt as a kind of a narrative character. And this is about his cat, because it rhymes so well. Jack Sprat and his cat. Jack Sprat had a cat. It had but one ear. It went to buy butter when butter was so dear. I wish I could tell you more about that one but I didn't quite research it but I feel bad for his one-eared cat. Furthermore is a version in The Delightful Adventures of John Cole 1732 that talks about Jack Spratt's black cat with one ear. As you can see once Jack's Spratt was introduced as a nursery rhyme and published in Mother Goose's Melody, it was kind of added on or changed a little bit to use Jack Spratt as a narrative character. Before we talk about the history of the nursery rhyme Jack Spratt, I'm going to introduce the melody and the music behind the nursery rhyme. I'm going to share with you two versions of the nursery rhyme Jack Spratt. The first version is the 1923 version produced by the McClellan Brothers. This features soprano Alice Green, who we've heard before singing Jack Spreck. Once again, we hear Alice Green's beautiful soprano singing a nursery rhyme. I think the lyrics there are a little bit different, but mostly the same as you can see in Mother Goose's Melody. The second version that I'm going to share with you today is from Alec Templeton's, and this was recorded in 1958 through Wonderland Records. Oh my goodness, I really wish I had an extra 10 or 15 minutes to talk about what an amazing musician this man was. I fell down another rabbit hole about looking up this, this man. He was an amazing musician between 1900 and 1955. He had a variety radio show. He was a wonderful singer as well as pianist, and seriously, go look him up. But here again is Alec Templeton's 1958 version of Jack Sprat.
1: Jack Sprat could eat no fat, his wife could eat no lean. And so between the two of them, they licked the platter clean.
0: So there we have it, two wonderful versions, two very different versions of different melodies of the nursery rhyme, Jack Sprat." Moving on, let's talk about the lyrics with its meaning in history. And here's where it gets good, folks. <music> to begin to talk about its history in lyrics, did you know that the term Jack Sprat" is actually a slang term? Yeah, I didn't either. It comes from 1736 around there. It appeared in a cantic dictionary written by Nathan Bailey of Thieves' Cant or slang terms, and it refers to a person that has dwarfism or a little person. Not only did it mean little person in Thieves' Cant, but it then morphed into a character trait. I talked a little bit about this with the name Jack when I covered it in Little Jack Horner. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, I highly recommend it. It was a super fun one to cover and I talked way too much. But anyway, a Jack Sprat was a person who would enjoy life to excess without thought to spending. So I would say it was synonymous with the word spendthrift. To call someone a Jack Sprat in the early to mid 18th century was to call someone a spendthrift, and this actually ties well into the history. Researchers believe that Jack Spratt, like a lot of nursery rhymes, may be inspired by an actual person. One real-life historical event that may have inspired the nursery rhyme Jack Sprat is the legend of Robin Hood. King John, who was a very unpopular king in English kind of civil unrest era, may refer to Jack Sprat and his queen, Queen Isabella, may be Jack Sprat's wife. Jack was considered a spendthrift, and Queen Isabella was considered very greedy. This is referring to King John, who reigned England from 1,199 to 1,216, so a very long time ago. Robin Hood, if you don't remember your Disney versions, was loyal to King Richard I, so that would be King John's brother, who reigned between the years of 1189 and 1199, in the poem Jack Sprat is supposedly poking fun at the greedy Prince John before he became king. It's important to note that John, sort of like Charles I, who I'll talk about in a minute, wasn't a very popular king. He was nicknamed John Lackland because he lost most of his land, most of his French holding lands to King Philip II, who was king of France at the time. He also tried to start an insurrection against his brother King Richard I, which failed. And this is where the nursery rhyme is thought to get its inspiration. John... Or Jack, and his greedy wife tried to take away the throne from King Richard I. And in fact, he only became king because King Richard I died during the Third Crusade. John continued to fail as king because England went to war with France in 1202, and things sort of went downhill from there. His life and times were super interesting, and I encourage you to dive into it, and you can even look it up on Wikipedia, there's a lot of information there. And of course, read about it and read about the subsequent English kings through Shakespeare's Henry VI and Richard Third plays. But I don't think it's likely that Jack Spratt referenced Robin Hood. If we consider Jack Spratt to be from the 17th century, I think it has to do with someone from the 17th century and someone who inspired that and it was another English king. So who ruled England in the early to mid-17th century? Why, that is King Charles I, and boy was he an interesting man. And actually, I covered a little bit about this in another nursery rhyme, which I can't remember which one that was said to have been inspired by King Charles I. But in regards to Jack Sprat being synonymous with a spendthrift, there is a theory that this nursery rhyme is about King Charles I, who reigned from 1625 to 1649. See, King Charles I was not a popular man and not a popular king. He believed in the divine right of kings and sort of wanted to rule England his way without listening to any of his advisors or parliament. He also married a Roman Catholic and this England at the time was Anglican, which was less than a popular thing to do at the time. He did a lot of not-so-great things, which led to an English Civil War and his defeat in 1645. He was then executed in 1649 for high treason. Surprise, surprise. But what does this have to do with the nursery rhyme Jack Spratt? Well, according to historian Linda Alkenham, King Charles was left-leaning, and the pun on the word definitely intended there, in Parliament and was a big believer in big taxation. As you could probably surmise, this was not very popular. His queen, Henrietta Maria France, was incredibly unpopular, incredibly, incredibly unpopular. She was Roman Catholic, first of all. Second, she wasn't even supposed to be married to King Charles I in the first place. She only got the job as it were, after marriage negotiations with Maria Anna of Spain fell through. Spain's King Philip IV demanded Charles convert to Catholicism, and Charles was not having it at all. By the way, Henrietta was only 15 at the time when she married Charles I, so I sorta feel bad for her bad rap. But she was described as not particularly good looking and not very nice. According to Sophia of Hanover, she had long and lean arms, uneven shoulders, and teeth coming out of her mouth like tusks. I'm getting off topic, but she was never really popular among the masses. She didn't really speak or write in English and she was seen as quote, intrinsically apolitical, undereducated, and frivolous. At this time was in a very tumultuous state around the mid 17th century. And not having a strong queen to form a strong partnership with the king, and the king didn't really care about its subjects either, didn't really help anything. So you have a king that everyone hated because he was a bit of a pompous greedy jerkface who was married to a queen that didn't really speak the language or want to get to know her constituents or the country's laws. She was also seen as frivolous and ugly. Also, Charles I was actually supposedly pretty short, so it's not a very far stretch to consider that he may have been called a Jack Sprat, nor that his frivolous wife being dubbed as someone who would eat no lean, especially since she wanted to abolish Parliament. Also a side note that has absolutely nothing to do with the nursery rhyme, the state of Maryland, as in the United States, totally named after this queen. Maryland had serious Catholic roots when it was originally colonized in 1633. Fun fact! So there we have it. We have two historical, supposedly historical inspirations for the nursery rhyme Jack Spratt. First, we have the Robin Hood legend in the 1100s that may have inspired it because of King John and his insurrection against King Richard I, and more likely, I think, is Its inspiration may have come from Charles I, who reigned in the early to mid-17th century. So, do I think Jack Spratt was inspired by Robin Hood? Not really. I mean, I can definitely see the connection and a lot of English nursery rhymes do take their inspiration from English politics. However, we have to remember that King Richard and King John were way back in the 12th century. To me, at least, it seems that it is more likely to refer to King Charles I, who reigned much closer to the time the nursery rhyme appeared. Do we know for sure? Nope. I could be totally wrong. But that's okay, because it was super cool to research, and I spent more than a few hours reading Wikipedia articles about English politics. But let's move on to other historical approaches or other historical uses of the nursery rhyme Jack Spratt. Did you know that Jack Spratt was actually used as propaganda during World War II? So another aside, when I was moving from undergraduate to graduate school, I wrote a series of papers that looked at the rhetoric of American World War II propaganda. It was seriously my jam for a while. And it turns out that Jack Spratt was featured in some really cool World War II propaganda. I'll link the poster to the blog and I highly recommend checking it out. And I'll talk about a little bit about the artist of the poster as well. But Author Sarah Wasberg, public historian, on her blog Food History, and I'll link her blog on my blog because it's really cool, she talks about the nursery rhyme in its connection to World War II. She writes, Lick the Platter Clean, Don't Waste Food features a tall, thin man and a short, stout woman showing a shining, clean brass platter. They're both dressed in old fashioned, even medieval looking clothing as befitting fairy tale characters. Of course, they are Jack Sprat and his wife from the famous nursery rhyme. The fairy tale cartoon style is distinctive to artist Vernon Grant, who is probably best known for creating the original snap, crackle, and pop characters for rice crispy cereal in nineteen thirty three. I didn't realize it was that old. The use of cartoons during the Second World War to promote propaganda ideals was not uncommon, and even Walt Disney and his animations got involved. Oh my goodness, me talking about the artist Mac Fleischer could be its own podcast. He's one of my favorite animators, but that's a whole other thing. But anyway, going back to Sarah Wasberg, she continues, Like hearkening back to the patriotism of the American Revolution, the use of fairy tales and other common childhood references were a clever way to remind people of pre-existing frames of reference for the behavioral changes the government was requesting for everyone. The message, of course, was a frequent one although more often directed at soldiers and seamen than ordinary Americans for whom the focus was more on food storage and cooking than eating. But the idea of not wasting food you took remains even today, when parents exhort their children to clean their plates. Sarah says it perfectly, using fairy tales or nursery rhymes in World War II propaganda was the perfect way to convince Americans to do what the government asked of them. In this case, it was a great example of not wasting food and being intelligent or thrifty when it comes to eating and storing food, along with victory gardens and canning your own food and food stamps, etc. So I think this was a really neat historical use of the nursery rhyme, Jack Sprat." <laughs> So what have we learned today? I know I talked a lot today. There was just so much information about the nursery rhyme, Jack Spratt. So first I talked a little bit about where it appeared in print as a nursery rhyme in the middle of the 18th century with its different versions. However, we've learned that it was a proverb probably back in the early 17th century in the 1600s. I then showed two musical examples, one from the soprano Alice Green and one from the amazing pianist and singer Alec Templeton. We talked a little bit about the lyrics and how Jack Spratt was actually slang, first in Thieves' Cant in the 1700s, but then as a character trait for someone who was spendthrift. Then I talked a little bit about the history and how English political life influenced some of these nursery rhymes, including... Maybe it being influenced by the Robin Hood legend as well as King Charles III, And finally, I talked about how Jack Spratt and nursery rhymes in general used in World War II propaganda and why it was so effective. So really, I covered a lot today in this week's episode of a Tisket Tasket podcast, but this is what I love doing. I love researching this and I love diving down the rabbit holes to see where it takes me and I never know what I'm going to find. So, if you'd like to learn more, please visit my blog at aTisketTasketPodcast.com. Remember, I am looking for some financial assistance to go to the American Folklore Society conference in November. I would love to hear from you on your questions, comments, or concerns. Feel free to email me at, at info at podcast.com. But mostly, I hope you join me next week where I continue to talk about the weirdness Of Nursery Rhymes.
1: Little Robin Redbreast sat upon a tree. Up went Pussycat, down went he. Down came Pussycat, away Robin ran. Said Little Robin Redbreast, Catch me if you can. Little Robin Redbreast jumped upon a spade. Pussy jumped right after him, and then he was afraid. Little Robin chirped and sang. But what did Pussy say? Pussycat said, meow, meow, meow. and Robin flew away. children, she didn't know what to do, so she gave them some broth without any bread and whipped them all soundly and sent them to bed. some broth without any bread and whip them all soundly
2: when the wind blows the cradle will rock when the bow breaks the cradle will fall and down will
1: Well, there's the old clock on the wall, telling us that it's time to go. But before we do, there's a neat little clock in the schoolroom it stands. And it points to the time with its two little hands. And may we, like the clock, keep a face clean and bright with hands ever ready to do what is right.